Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. Happy American Pharmacist Month. It is October and we're excited to have the president for the APHA Foundation. All right. So today we have a special guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Our guest, Dr. Anjanette Wyatt, is the president and CEO of Clinical Care Pharmacy in Houston, Texas. She obtained her Bachelor of Science in Pharmacy and Doctor of Pharmacy from Texas Southern University College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences. She also earned a bachelor's degree in biology from the University of Texas at Austin. Dr. Wyatt is a community science and pharmacy advocate. She began her career at Eli Lilly and Company, where she received the Lilly Star Award. She also worked at St. Luke Episcopal Health and the world-renowned Texas Medical Center in Houston, Texas. She has worked as an adjunct professor for Texas Southern University College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences, and at Randall's Tom Thumb Corporation. Her leadership experience includes serving as president of the Association of Black Health Association, oh, sorry, Black Health System Pharmacists, Alliance of Independent Pharmacists of Texas, Texas Association of Independent Pharmacy Owners, TSU Pharmacy Alumni Association, and Jack and Jill of America North Houston Suburban Chapter. She served on the board of directors and executive boards of the American Pharmacists Association Foundation, the Delta Research and Educational Foundation, Texas Pharmacy Association, Texas Pharmacy Association Foundation, the Gulf Coast Society of Health System Pharmacists, National Pharmaceutical Association, and the TSU Pharmacy Alumni Association Foundation. She currently serves as the president of the APHA Foundation. And Jeanette, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thank you, Hillary. Thank you for that great introduction. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be on your podcast and share with America everything we have to tell them today. (laughs) Yeah, well, absolutely. And Uh, It is so great to have you here, but we love, you know, if you wanted to fill in any gaps from that intro or share a little bit more about your personal life. What personal life? No, (laughs) I'm just kidding. I have a personal life, but I'm always on the go, always um, have been an advocate for pharmacy. Um, um, One of the things that wasn't mentioned uh, in my bio is the amount of hours I've devoted to advocacy for pharmacy. Um, I have gone to, I'm in the state of Texas, so I make sure that I'm a part of the legislative sessions and pushing our bills to um, assist in moving our agenda forward uh, for pharmacy for the field. And um, also have gone to, of course, uh, the national Washington DC and advocated for pharmacy as well. So I am a, a true advocate, advocate for pharmacy. My personal life, life I am married. I have, um, I have five kids actually. Um, wow. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. What personal life I have? A, I have a, a busy, busy schedule with um, running my company and um, being a leader in pharmacy and also raising my family and being a, a wife and a mom. So balancing act. It's a balancing act. <laughs> yes. Well, thanks for sharing that. I think that people love to hear 
uh, a little bit about the behind the scenes because, you know, you hear a bio and sometimes you don't get to see that, that personal side, which is also so important and kind of foundational and, and who we are and, and why we work hard and things. But, uh, Anjanette, you've had, you know, a very, um, diverse background. You've worked in industry, community pharmacy, um, academia, entrepreneurial things. But one thing that is very uh, consistent is, is Texas, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, but also, you know, your, your commitment to, uh, serving in different, uh, boards and, uh, you know, all types of organizations that are within pharmacy. So maybe we'll start there. Um, why, why do you, why have you chosen to be so involved in, you know, different associations and groups within pharmacy? Um, well, when I started out in pharmacy, I went straight to, to, uh, to industry. And so I was involved with industry and wasn't really, you know, aware of what was going on on the retail hospital academia and other levels of, of pharmacy. So um, I was clearly, you know, really engulfed in, in uh, pharmaceutical sales and doing that job. But when I, uh, I was in California, by the way, uh, during that time. And when I returned to Texas, um, and started um, becoming more involved in the organizations and in academia and looking at also all the different sectors of pharmacy and from familiarizing myself with those other um, areas of pharmacy, I, I, I kind of felt that pharmacists needed to be empowered more. I felt that, you know, pharmacists have, have a plethora of knowledge. We're one of the smartest groups of professionals in the nation, but we're kept in a little box and that the world and the nation doesn't realize how um, advantageous uh, we are to healthcare, how instrumental we are in what goes on in the healthcare arena. So I wanted to be a part of a movement that would, would highlight pharmacists and get us a little bit more in front, in the front instead of behind the scenes. So I started by, um, becoming involved with uh, Texas Pharmacy Association and the Houston Area Pharmacy Association and really, really kind of leading the, the pack with, hey, let's toot our own horns. Let's let's tell the story. Let's get the word out there of what pharmacists do and, and how we are instrumental in um, the healthcare of, of, uh, of America. And so um, just starting out, I um, was on the sidelines, you know, watching and just being a member and kind of getting a feel for things. But then I decided, you know, let me try, let me go out front and lead and see, um, you know, how I can make an impact on pharmacists to, to step outside of the, I said outside of the behind the, or outside of the box from behind the counter, from in the pharmacy department and, uh, um, hospital because a lot of times the pharmacy was in the basement so out of the mm -hmm. basement from behind the counter let's get out there and and let um, the systems the healthcare systems know who we are so that led to my advocacy and um, doing all the work with the uh, Texas Pharmacy Association I then became a director with Texas Pharmacy Association and a trustee for the Texas Pharmacy Association Foundation. And I also um, served as president of the Alliance of Independent Pharmacists of Texas. So in those leadership roles, I was able to really, you know, um, utilize my influence in pharmacy to um, help 
move our bills forward and help um, engage other pharmacists um, in the process. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to be, a, I wanted to be a part of the, the future of pharmacy. I wanted to be a part of the movement to a more progressive um, side of pharmacy. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. I love, um, you know, the analogy of getting off the sidelines. So um, you've certainly been doing that. So um, since you were mentioning uh, the future of pharmacy, maybe we'll go ahead and jump into that. Um, what do you see uh, or what really excites you about the future of pharmacy? What excites me is our potential and where we're, we are headed if we take advantage of what is put in front of us today. Um, for example, um, we have an opportunity with COVID to show our abilities to not only just give medicines or, or work in that capacity, but to also be a part of disease state management, a part of you know um, preventive care, um, all of the things that the nurses and the doctors are instrumental in, we can be instrumental in that as well. And we need to be providers as such and get paid as such. Um, our true value was um, exhibited highly during the COVID-19 pandemic. So I see a bright future for pharmacists and for the field of pharmacy. I think it starts, Hillary, with the pharmacy schools and um, opening that Pandora's box and letting the pharmacy students know um, how wide of a net they can cast in their careers and not just go in one or two paths. There are so many other avenues um, I mentor students all over the nation, and many of my students have gone on to work for the CDC. They've worked, they work for the Pentagon. They work for the FDA. And because I'm training them the whole time, hey, you know, the, the sky's the limit. You don't have to go into retail. You don't have to go into hospital. You don't have to go into industry. You, you can go into a, a lot of different research opportunities and other opportunities if you cast your net wider. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, there are, I mean, you know, a hundred, 150, I don't remember the exact number of different, uh, career paths, you know, now in pharmacy, um, that certainly shifted a lot. Um, so what are, what are some other things other than obviously, uh, you mentioned working within the schools and, and just helping to encourage our students, but any other things that you, you know, advocate or, or recommend for, uh, those who've already graduated to really help, um, kind of adapt and, and be ready for the future of pharmacy. I believe that we need a program to assist, um, pharmacy students with the transitional phase from pharmacy student to pharmacist. Um, I've just, in my experience, watched pharmacy students really be enthusiastic, they're leaders, they're you know, innovative, they're all of that as students. But the minute they transition over to pharmacists, it seems as though that's lost somewhere and that, that enthusiasm and all of that is not carried on um, into the field. Now, some of the students, yes, I see it, but I'm saying the majority of the students, um, I think we need to implement a program, um, that will assist in the transitional process from pharmacist, pharmacy student to pharmacist. Right. 
that, that would help a lot um, uh, in our innovation and in everything that, that we are able to do in the future. We have a lot of new initiatives coming up that um, I'm a part of. Um, and we, we really um, need to, to highlight those opportunities for, for the students to excel. So um, if we take that initiative and expand it across the nation, I think we will see the difference in the field uh, in general as a whole. Um, I love working with students, Hillary. I, I mean, it just really brings me joy to see the future right in my face of pharmacy. Um, and these kids are really, really dynamic. They're, you know, they're just outstanding. Um, um, they're outstanding young, young students um, in pharmacy. But again, pharmacy is moving toward more innovation. We're looking at telepharmacy coming up. We're looking at virtual healthcare coming up. We're, we're looking at changes in a whole lot of ways that pharmacists can engage. And if we don't seize the moments um, and the opportunity for pharmacists to elevate, then we will, we will miss that opportunity. So let's talk a little bit about entrepreneurship and innovation because, you know, enable to be adaptable and, you know, ready for what's coming in the future. Um, I think that it does take, you know, some risk taking, uh, and that's definitely a characteristic of, of being an entrepreneur. So how, uh, tell us a little bit more about, uh, the value of entrepreneurship in pharmacy, you know, you're a, a CEO yourself. Um, tell us, you know, a little bit more about how we could, you know, be more entrepreneurial perhaps in pharmacy. I think that's also a key because I've worked in a, a lot of different areas of pharmacy and I did not receive that, that, that freedom of speech and freedom of everything um, until I was an entrepreneur in pharmacy. And now what it does for me is allow me more opportunities to make changes um, in the practice setting, um, especially in the retail setting where clinical has not been integrated uh, in, in a lot of well, it wasn't integrated, but now it's it's you know getting better with integrating clinical pharmacy with retail pharmacy in the retail setting, um, with MTM and a lot of different initiatives that are, you know, are starting disease state management things of that nature. Then we are now able to monitor to patients better. But I do think that we need a platform that will will integrate the, the physicians in terms of charting with the pharmacists on the retail level with all the information that they have in their um, in their you know hands, we need in our hands. You know, we have to call the doctors and find out different things, labs, and all of this. This is something that we need to have access to for our patients, even on a retail level. You know, we have narrow therapeutic index drugs. We have a lot of different drugs that we need to see those labs that could prevent a lot of you know um, side effects, contraindications, or just adverse. Um, events that we could, you know, be a part of making sure that the patients are not returning to the ER because of if we had access to that data. So um, what I see in the future is that it, there's an integration process between physician, um, pharmacists in a retail setting and um, nurses uh, to help the patient. So 
that's what I see. Entrepreneurship has allowed me to, to see those types of, of uh, future dreams or, or, or possibilities. Um, whereas if I were in a hospital system or just at a chain store or something like that, I wouldn't even focus in on how we can accomplish that. So it's just like uh, having um, an opportunity to engage with partnerships and other things that can bring more to the pharmacy. Um, and even in COVID-19, just being able to uh, find out more about how to, to do clear wave testing and things of that nature. And hopefully with the new legislative session or even subsequent ones, we'll get an opportunity to, to clear wave test and then prescribe. But right now, you know, we're moving toward those, those opportunities and entrepreneurship allow me as a CEO to see those, those futuristic um, pharmacy opportunities more vividly than I would if I were working for someone else. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, um, one of the, you know, ways that we know each other is through the still pretty newly formed, uh, uh, APHA foundations, women in pharmacy committee. I believe that was initiated, uh, in 2021 and had the inaugural, um, well, or maybe 2020 because the inaugural, uh, kind of kickoff, uh, with the committee was at annual meeting at, uh, 21. So tell us some of the work. Uh, We've got some exciting events happening. We're, you know, right now we're talking it's October, uh, and it's pharmacist month and, uh, lots, lots of exciting things for women in pharmacy. Absolutely. We are so excited at the American Pharmacist Association Foundation. Um, yes, the committee did start in 2020 and 2021. Um, we had the highlight during annual meeting, but we have had a women in pharmacy initiative for quite some time. And every annual meeting, we try to have a women in pharmacy um, event during the annual meeting so that we can get, you know, pharmacists, women pharmacists together to discuss the career paths and, and um, motivate um, younger women pharmacists to, to um, do outstanding things and also to be a, a part of leadership. But yes, coming up on October the 14th and 15th, um, and this is this weekend in Washington, D.C. at the APHA National Headquarters, we will highlight um, 10 women in pharmacy that are going to be the next 10 that will be inducted into our women in pharmacy. Um, um, we have a women in pharmacy room at the national headquarters where we, we have highlighted the first 10 women. And now we are um, highlighting the, the, the second 10 women. So we're excited about that. Um, there are two uh, programs. One is the program for um, for Friday evening, and then the other one is for Saturday morning. So the Friday evening program will will be in the evening time at 6 p.m. And we will highlight 10 women. You can go onto the website for uh, APHA and you, uh, APHA Foundation, and you will see the the next 10 women honorees. They're really wonderful ladies and they have uh, all have great uh, accolades and accomplishments over the time. Uh, They have been in the the field of pharmacy for quite some times and have made um, really great inroads in in the field. So we're we're, we're so proud of them and we're so happy to honor them at the uh, national headquarters this weekend. And there's a virtual option to 
participate. If you go to the American Pharmacists Association Foundation website, then you can um, opt to, to participate virtually. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for sharing more about that. Um, well, maybe you could also share just a little bit about your, you know, you've worked in so many different areas of pharmacy, how you, you know, what you do in your current role and yeah, your work there. Well, I, I started clinical care pharmacy. Actually, it's been 18 years and it's been a long time. And when I started, I really didn't have that much retail experience. I had been in other avenues of pharmacy, but not retail as, as such. So I, my goal was to integrate as I mentioned, um, clinical pharmacy into uh, the retail setting. I wanted to empower my patients and give them knowledge to let them know, you know, how they can best um, assist in their uh, managing their disease states. And it's been very, very rewarding for me. One of the things that I, I wish could occur in pharmacy school is to get a little bit of entrepreneurial classes like business classes or finance classes so that we will be a little bit more on the learning curve up on the learning curve when it comes to how to run your own business. Uh, we are very versed in the knowledge of pharmacy, but when it comes to that side, we, we're lacking. So I see a lot of uh, times when uh, pharmacists want to open their own uh, pharmacy, they, they struggle a little bit on how to make that pharmacy a profitable um, venture. So I think that that is one of the things, but I was fortunate to be selected by our then Houston mayor, uh, Anise Parker um, to be a part of the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Business Initiative. And I was a part of the first cohort in Houston. Uh, That taught me a lot because they brought in Babson College to uh, assist us in uh, understanding our entrepreneurial quest and all that. We we, um, were able to learn a lot about finance and how to, to manage our businesses. So I was fortunate to have that experience and um, I, that transcended into my business and um, how to make that profitable. So now in my role as CEO, uh, I make sure that everything is running smoothly. You know, in, in pharmacy, we have so many licenses, so many rules and regulations that we have to be um, adhere to and be cognizant of. So I'm, I'm making sure that my staff and my pharmacists um, are aware of, of, of that and that we're operating properly. And also, I, I kind of wear like a lot of <laughs> different hats when it comes to um, inventory control and all of those different things. I just do all of the uh, the work for, for the pharmacy in terms of um, operational standards and, and um, making sure that we are operating. Um, I also have a, a COO uh, and a manager of the pharmacy, and he uh, he is in charge of the day-to-day operations, but I'm in charge of, you know, all of the uh, administrative processes in, in the pharmacy. It's been rewarding, though. I want to um, share that. Of all the, the, the positions I have held, this has been very, very rewarding for me because I see the impact that I have on patients directly. Um, I've had patients to come to me and they transfer in from various other um, pharmacies, but they always say their doctors say, stay with that pharmacist because they're really doing well for you. So we go above and beyond for our patients. We always empower them with with knowledge. Um, I have been participant in webinars. I go out in the community. I speak with at churches. I speak at um, 
um, you know, different entities in the community, uh, elderly homes, what, wherever I can go to make an impact um, in the community and let the community know that we are there for them and that I'm there, I'm a resource for them. I'm also uh, very big in patient advocacy. I think that's another area that pharmacists can benefit from. Um, a lot of times, especially during the, the pandemic, I was featured on Fox News um, because of uh, a couple of patients that the, the system had given up, the hospital systems had given up for dead and they said they would not survive and they survived. At least three patients I advocated for survive COVID. Um, and that was due to my inter intervening in uh, and being a patient advocate for them, making sure they got received the right uh, therapy for survival, for optimal survival, optimal oh, chance wow. to survive. Yeah. So uh, they featured one of the patients on Fox and myself and asked, um, you know, us uh, what what happened and, you know, kind of give the story of how she survived. Uh, very young individual, um, female, uh, three children. And they told her mother to plan her funeral services. And uh, I just felt that I had to go in advocating really strongly for her um, to make sure she comes home for her kids. So she did come home to her kids. <laughs> mm, yes. Man, that is great. Um, oh, yes, very powerful. And we do, we've got to have those um, advocates, people that know the system, um, it, it is complicated, whether it's, you yeah. know, um, seeking the right care or, um, you know, maybe your insurance was billed incorrectly, yeah. uh, and just being familiar with your, you know, health plan benefits and things, uh, is so important. So, yeah, thanks for speaking up and everything. Um, and I wanted to also highlight that during during the COVID um, pandemic that we really, really saw and uh, with the COVID pandemic brought, uh, the COVID-19 pandemic brought to light uh, how much health disparities are out there, how much, um, you know, um, social determinants and all that of health is is huge in America. So we, we I'm glad that we were able to bring that to the forefront so we can see how it impacts uh, communities, various communities, especially communities of color. Mm -hmm. um, so Anjanette, uh, thanks so much for sharing on just a lot of different topics. You've got such a great background. And one of the uh, questions that I love to ask all of our guests is what is some advice that you would tell your younger self or for others out there who are just getting started in their career? Well, I, this is what I, I just recently um, was able to speak with um, um, one of the younger pharmacists who uh, is the the uh, president of the uh, Maryland Pharmacists Association. We have what is called CEO of the day in APHA and she was able to participate in the CEO of the day. And she asked kind of a similar question. What would you tell me? I, tell, I told her this and I would tell every young pharmacist to pace yourself, pace yourself in pharmacy so that you won't burn out. Um, Pharmacy is a wonderful field. It's, it's been rewarding for me. It has really, really changed my perspective of healthcare in as a whole and um, tap into your leadership ability. Don't just go to work and go come home. 
participate in your field. We as pharmacists spend a number of years um, becoming who we are and, and getting our, our education. Don't stop there. Don't stop there. Um, be involved. If you're not uh, a member of the one of the pharmacy associations like uh, American Pharmacist Association or any of the others, then please, please don't stop at, at as, as, a, as a pharmacist being engaged in your field. Also advocate for your field. But in doing all the things that we do as pharmacists, don't burn yourself out. You know, give yourself a break, take a break because you can burn out really fast and you don't want that light to dimmer um, that you have. You want to be able to let your light shine so that you can radiate that light to other pharmacists and, and encourage other pharmacists to do the same because the field will not survive without us as pharmacists being its biggest um, biggest advocate. So we have to make sure that we do that. So young pharmacists, get ready. <laughs> get ready to serve and to lead. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's so great. And it is, it's a, it's a, you're in your career for hopefully a long time, you know, whether it be 40, you know, could be 40 years. Um, and it's so thinking about it, yeah, yeah. this hit 50 years. Yeah. You, I mean, you could be practicing pharmacy for a long time. And so just being, uh, as involved as possible, but also, um, aware of, you know, taking breaks and, um, making sure that you keep your light shining. Thank and you. I serve as a mentor to students all over the nation. So if, if there are any students that are listening, you can look me up on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram and reach out to me. You can direct message me and I will be more than happy to, to work with you, to cultivate you or to mentor you through the pharmacy school process and beyond. Uh, that's so great. Well, um, I know our listeners will be um, eager to connect with you there. And Anjanette, it was such a pleasure to have you as a guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thank you, Hillary. It was a pleasure to be here.